It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hello Bengals fans, hope you're having an okay weekend, an okay Monday if you're listening on Monday. For today's episode, you only get me for the first five or so minutes of the show, and then we are going to be airing James Rapine's interview with John Ross in parts two and three of the show. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Now today, I, for the first five minutes of the show, am going to be talking about the reactions from Joe Burrow, from Andy Dalton, around the league, to what's going on in the country, what's going on in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow took a stand and has been widely praised, including by Willie Anderson, who had some interesting things to say about it. So we're going to start there, start with covering what these quarterbacks are saying, and it includes Trevor Lawrence in the college ranks as well, and then we will transition to the John Ross interview. Now, one programming note, for the next few weeks at least, we are going to go down to three episodes a week. And if minicamp happens in person and we have any additional coverage happening around that time, we will go back to five episodes per week. But with the off-season slowdown really going hard right now, this podcast will be cutting back just a little bit for a couple weeks, going from five episodes to three. So you can continue to look for those and look at our Respective Twitter pages, Locked On Bengals, Jake underscore NFL, James Rapine, for programming updates as we adapt our schedule. With those administrative notes and the framework for our show set, on Friday, May 29th, around noon Eastern time, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow tweeted, The black community needs our help. They have been unheard for far too long. Open your ears, listen, and speak. This isn't politics. This is Human Rights. This is your Locked On Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko. Joe Burrow was one of at least four white quarterbacks to speak out in support for protests happening around the country. His tweet, of course, is particularly relevant to Cincinnati Bengals fans who are welcoming him into the city as their new franchise quarterback. Of course, the Bengals' old quarterback, Andy Dalton, also issued a statement. It read, I have a heaviness about everything that has gone on with George Floyd and many others. These racist acts are inexcusable and horrific. We have to fight against racism and not be naive to the injustice that is happening. 
Dalton, a devout Christian who of course attended Texas Christian University, continued with invoking a religious justification for every life being valuable. Continuing, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback at Clemson University, thought to be the number one prospect in the 2021 NFL Draft, tweeted on Friday, There has to be a shift in the way of thinking. Rational must outweigh irrational. Justice must outweigh injustice. Love must outweigh hate. If you put yourself in someone else's shoes and you don't like how it feels, that's when you know things need to change. Carson Wentz also issued a lengthy statement about institutional racism. He says that it breaks his heart and needs to stop. Like it or not, quarterbacks are the face of the NFL, and Willie Anderson points out, as he commented, that it's not often quarterbacks that speak out on topics like these. He wrote that before Joe Burrows even stepped on the field, he's showing us what kind of leader he is. Things like this hardly ever get mentioned by quarterbacks as always other positions. Thank you, Joe. Hashtag Hootay. Hashtag Bengals. Willie Anderson, a big fan of Joe Burrow taking a stand. In fact, his tweet has 437,000 likes at the time of recording, midday on Sunday. Which has to be a reminder that the Bengals' rookie quarterback has a platform and is immensely popular as this count, the visibility on this tweet, blows out of the water engagement with Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, and Trevor Lawrence combined. While there will be some, certainly will be some, that tear down Joe Burrow's comments, that have opposition to them, the general reaction has been positive. Along with the quarterbacks I mentioned, several college coaches and professional coaches have made similar statements, some expressing regret, others saying that they wouldn't let this happen again. But like it or not, Bengals fans, this is what you get with Joe Burrow. He has talked about his ability to connect with people. He's talked about coming from a relatively homogeneous white area of the country, although he has mentioned socioeconomic diversity And as proven at LSU, and as he continues to prove, he is going to be an ally to minorities. This is a quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, and as Terrell Owens would say, that's my quarterback for Bengals fans and for Bengals players. Having a quarterback that is willing to speak out for social injustice, and as he said, this isn't a political issue, this is a human rights issue, is something that the Bengals haven't really had. You might remember in 2017, Marvin Lewis said about players kneeling that this thing has put players into an awkward position and our guys remain very committed to winning football games and continuing the great things they do in our community in Cincinnati and their outreach and everything they do. They chose to show their support for our veterans, for the Cincinnati community, by simply standing and staying unified together. They weren't going to let the divisive words divide them. Lewis chose to focus on local work. He chose to focus on unity as a football team. And those are respectable and commendable efforts. But Marvin Lewis at the time made a point of not talking about the issues that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for. That no longer seems to be the case in Cincinnati as Joe Burrow has taken the initiative to talk about this himself. I know most of you listen to this podcast to talk about football and to escape from the real world, but 
honestly, I've got to tell you that that's not what I'm here for. I'm happy to provide an outlet and we're not going to dwell on this on this podcast, but this isn't something that we look away from. I think that Joe Burrow is right. I support Joe Burrow's comments. I will continue to support Joe Burrow as my quarterback. And this guy just continues to endear himself to me as a human being. And I look forward to seeing what he will be as a player. Now, I did promise that we would talk about football. We've got a great interview that James Rapine had with John Ross. He's written about it over at SI.com. You can go follow him at James Rapine at All Bengals to look at that coverage, see what he's written from those interviews. But we have the audio, and we're just going to let you listen to it, including James gave me the opportunity to say, hey, do you want me to ask any questions of John Ross? And I was able to send him a few questions. So we're going to listen to that interview today. We'll come back later this week and react to it. We'll break down what it is that John Ross has had to say. And of course, if any breaking Bengals news does happen, James and I will convene to give you our analysis, our thoughts on those moves. Now, unfortunately, James isn't here to tell you about his favorite protein bar, so I'll have to tell you about it for him, and that's the Built Bar, which is sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast on an ongoing basis. We greatly appreciate their support, and we know that a lot of you have tried them out. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And the reason you're going to want to try this out as we've hammered home on this podcast is that this is a chocolate bar. Sorry, it's a protein bar. It just tastes like a chocolate bar. They have so many amazing flavors. They've just come out with four new ones. We've talked about our favorites. My personal favorite is the peanut butter one. And my favorite part about them is that they're covered in real chocolate. Now, what makes them great is the macros. You get 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs out of the peanut butter brownie flavor. They fit your macros perfectly. They will help you lose or maintain weight. And it's a delicious treat. You really can't go wrong with the Built Bar. We have one other new sponsor to the show today that I'm very excited to tell you about, and that's Rock Auto. You can check them out at rockauto.com. And the reason Rock Auto is so great is that their prices are the same for everybody, unlike chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, and those prices are reliably low. RockAuto.com will always have the lowest prices possible. They won't change their price based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. It's for everybody. There's no membership requirement. There's no account login that you need to set up. It's a family business. They've been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You're not stuck with whatever your local auto parts store happens to have in stock. And if you do go over there, make sure that you let them know on rockauto.com that you came from the Locked On podcast, right? Locked On and their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm James Rapine. I hope you enjoyed Jake at the start of this podcast, but let's get to something I've been waiting for for quite some time. As you know, over the past couple of months, I'm back in Cincinnati. I'm covering the Bengals for Sports Illustrated. And one of the players uh, I built a, a really good relationship with during my time in Cincinnati at ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW in my previous work while I was also hosting this podcast solo was John Ross, a guy that I certainly was in favor of the Bengals drafting. I didn't hide from it. I didn't run from it. I still think he can be a productive player, although there have been some bumps in the road, confidence, injury history, the two biggest ones. I was lucky enough to get to sit down with John Ross. We talked for uh, nearly an hour a couple of weeks ago, and if you missed my feature on Ross, you can check it out at allbengals.com. He said great things about Joe Burrow. I wrote an article about that. You can watch video clips of this three to four minute chunks. But I, I want to play for you now, Locked on Bengals listeners, because I know there is a difference. And a lot of this stuff wasn't even in the feature or in the side article I did about Joe Burrow with, with Ross's comments. Just my conversation with John Ross about the injury history, about what happened in the first couple of years of his career, what he's doing to, to write his body and get everything good to go for year four, and so much more. So here is my first uh, of two parts a conversation with Bengals wide receiver John Ross. It's obviously been a, a unique offseason for you uh, right. in the rest of the NFL with everything going on. How have things been different this offseason outside of just the virtual aspect? And how have you had to change what you do uh, to prepare for a season? Uh, honestly, a lot did change for me because um, we were told that we can be in smaller groups when working out. So it, we, I normally work out in smaller groups. You know, so it really didn't change for me. Um, a lot of one-on-one sessions for my trainers, or if it was just two, three of us, then that's what it had to be in the beginning. Um, but the biggest, the biggest thing for me is just obviously not being in the facility. You know, this is the first time I think for a lot of guys, you know, having uh, had an off-season in, you know, in their building or in the cities that they're supposed to be in. I think that was just the biggest thing, honestly. As far as working out goes, it's it's well documented. You work out with TJ, <clears throat> excuse me, TJ Hushmanzada. How has that relationship grown over the past few years? You know what, honestly, uh, it's it's been kind of one of the, the highlights of my career, just based off of how much he's he's helped me mentally. Uh, I think that was my, the biggest thing I struggled with. You know, believing in myself and um, you know not using the stuff that I trained uh, during the season. I think you know he's helped me with that uh, over the course of the season. Uh, like the beginning of last year, just basically telling me how I should go in approaching the season and, you know, look what happens. I think him and uh, my trainer, Ortiz Jenkins, they do a great job of, you know, um, beating beating it in, in my head that um, I am who I am. You know, I've, I've been the same person since college. You know, i got to continue being that guy. Um, and it all comes from within, you know. So I think that's kind of – that was my mindset going into last year, and I think I started off really well. You know, so uh, working with TJ, I, I can say it, it does a lot for me on and off the field. You talk about that, and and he's talked about that as as far as your confidence goes. Right. I look back at the, the the Washington days. I see a confident John Ross. 
Right. What what changed? When, when did is can you reflect and look back on the point where the confidence did get shaken? And what was it? I think my rookie year, man, just like without me even realizing, I think uh, I kind of shut myself down a lot. You know, like uh, we go back to the Houston game, my first time touching the ball, I fumble that I don't play almost the rest of the game. You know, I think that kind of somewhat slowed me down mentally. Like, wow, like what, what am I doing wrong? You know, just just a younger mindset, you know, not not even being ready. You know, I think that was the biggest thing, an immature, you know, kid not knowing what to what what was coming at them and just everything that was put on my plate, you know, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily ready for it mentally, and I think that kind of um, just took me away from who I who I uh, was at the time. So that was I think that was the biggest thing, you know, that fumble um, and just not being ready, just every single practice, every single game, not going in knowing if I was going to play, uh, how my body was feeling on top of me, you know, continuously being hurt. I think it kind of put me in a negative space mentally, like, will I ever be ready and ready enough to play in the league? Because I think you have to be at your best to be your best um, and to be one of the best in the league, you know? So if I'm, if I never, if I'm never feeling good, you know, mentally or physically, then I'll never ever be able to perform at a high level, you know? So that kind of took me away from, you know, well, I'm the fastest guy in the NFL or I'm this good or I can do this or I can do that. It just made me feel like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that if I'm not feeling this way, you know? So it kind of just, took me away from you know everything that i i know that i can do well you just said i know that i can do it so I, my next question obviously is where's your confidence level right now and, and how do you feel going into 2020 man i just look back and i laugh at myself like like you said i go back uh andy used to tell me all the time watch, watch the guy that was in college you know watch watch your highlights watch everything you used to do because you're still that guy there's no way you're not that guy you know it's nothing that i was doing in college that I was like, well, I can never do that again. You know what I'm saying? Of course, the, the, the level of difficulty changes, but I think as you grow, you also get better. You get, you get, you get faster, you get stronger, you get smarter, you know? So, and I think I'm definitely at this point, faster, stronger, and smarter. So I think, um, you know, my confidence level is through the roof right now. I don't think, I, th I think, you know, my, the, the, the biggest thing I struggle with still is, is me looking and understanding, um, you know, what goes on, if that makes sense. Like if, if I'm doing bad, then I know it's, there's a reason. And, and I can identify that reason now, instead of just putting myself in a tank and saying, well, it's because I'm hurting or it's because, you know, this person said this to me and I don't think I can do this. Now I think I can do whatever I put my mind to, you know, um, I think what, what has to, what will slow me down, um, if anything will be an injury, you know, and that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on, um, my body and taking care of my body in different ways and uh, listening to my body more. If I'm, if I'm not feeling well, then I'll definitely, you know, take time away and focus on my health more than anything. So what steps have you taken? Because naturally when your name gets brought up and, you know, if I'm doing an interview and being interviewed about the Bengals, they, they mention your injury history. And obviously that just is something that naturally gets brought up. What are you doing to contract year? Uh, to stay healthy and, and perform at a high level this season throughout the entire season. Right. So now I'm seeing three people, three different people about my body um, weekly. So I see I, I see a masseuse twice a week. Um, I see a, do a sports doctor twice a week. And I'm working on seeing another Olympic sports doctor right now. So um, I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, I get a lot of different opinions, you know, no hard feelings to whoever I'm working with or whoever I worked with in the past. But um, like you said, contract year, it's a big year. I got to make sure everything is on point. So everything that I'm doing is – is you know for the future so I'm, I'm trying to make sure that everything that i do is put in place for me 
to have a successful year. Um, and I think it, it does, it does, it doesn't just do me justice. It, it, it does our offense justice, our quarterback and the guys around me, you know, once, like I said, I think when I'm at my best, I can, I can play at a high level. And I think I've kind of showed that a little bit last year, you know, but I want to stay consistent. I think that's another big thing I, I need to work on my consistency. Um, you know, if I stay consistent, I think, I think, you know, my career will, will, will show different volumes of, of different things than what they did in the past. When you decided to to go this route and see three different doctors, and you said maybe uh, it's good, there's going to be a fourth, and to put the time in and the money into your body, what led to that? Was it last year's injury? Was it a, a couple of years ago? Was it advice from a former player? What what got you to to that point of investing all this time, energy, and, and money into yourself? Oh, I think I can say a lot. I, I, I can say it's it's from the previous years. Um, I think last year I had a, a fluke injury it was kind of something that just, it was a freak accident. It was one of those things that just happened to this football. Um, but it's definitely cause of, cause of advice, you know, I've, um, in college, someone gave me advice. I never listened. Um, how uh, Kikaha, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he came out, I think the year before I did, um, he used to tell me that, bro, you're so fast. You're like a Ferrari, you know, you need to take care of your body. He said, do you see people driving a Ferrari every day? Um, it was kind of a great analogy because you don't, you don't see people, that's not an everyday car, you know? So what he's trying to tell me is you're not built like I am. You're not like an everyday go hard type of person. You got to take care of your body a different way than I have to, because you run at a different speed, you run, your body just, it, it translates to workouts differently than, you know, than the average person. And it, it didn't make sense to me because I felt like, well, I'm playing at a high level, we're playing at the same high level, this and that, you know, I think. The things that you do, I definitely can do. But as I get older, I learn. You know, I speaking speaking to Deshaun Jackson and and uh, AJ Green and Darquez Denard. Those guys have kind of been the three biggest guys in, in in my career who always you know sit back and you know tell me a bunch of things and give me great advice. You know, so I, that's definitely one of the biggest key pieces. Um, and it just it showed me and, I, and I, you get a lot of good examples like uh, guys like. Um, uh, James Harrison, who was spending all that money on his body, Von, Von Miller, LeBron James. And of course, I don't have the money that they have, but I have enough money, you know, to take care of my body, you know, in different ways. So um, I'm definitely looking at it in a different way and, and looking at it that way and uh, taking more of an, an initiative. So. All right. I hope you enjoyed part one of my conversation with John Ross. You'll hear part two. We will dive into Joe Burrow, what he saw from him, how the two worked out together in California during the pre-draft process. Plus, Richard Sherman is a friend of Ross's, and he's talked to him recently and uh, and so much more. So there's a lot more in part two. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's keep things rolling. Here's part two of my conversation with John Ross right here on the Locked On Bengals Podcast. You mentioned the start of last year, and obviously I wasn't covering the, the Bengals then, but I, I was in my apartment in Cleveland, and uh, I wasn't covering the Browns, so I didn't have to, to watch the Browns, and I'm watching you guys, and you have the drop, and then right after that, touchdown, and then right before the half, another touchdown, and I'm just, honestly, I'm smiling and excited for you because I I watched the Washington tape. I, I was, you know, I was one of the guys that was like, this makes so much sense to go after a guy like John Ross because I thought you were the missing link in this offense, and everyone watching this knows that. Uh, what did that feel like? Because I, I get it, you had some touchdowns in your second year, but you never had really taken the top off of a defense. You do it in week one against Seattle. Uh, through four weeks, you were on pace for over 1,300 yards receiving uh, before you went down with that, that injury against the Steelers. Uh, what did that feel like just to get a taste of that level of success? I will say this. Once I got the ball rolling, um, I dropped that ball, but – one thing I told myself, and I've also learned this about myself, uh, a lot of the mistakes that I make are self-driven. So if if that means, if that, not if that means, but if that makes sense, what happens is when I pause the film and a lot of balls that I drop, I take my eyes off of them. A lot of the balls that I drop are easy balls to catch, and they're, they're catches that I make effortlessly in, in practice. But in a game, my mind changes, my mind races, everything goes in a different direction because I'm so ready to touch the ball and score, make a big play every time I touch the ball. So a lot of my drops, like they, we've, my coach made a cut up. You pause the film, my eyes aren't even on the ball because I'm so worried about what's going on around me. You know, So it's things that I work on all the time. But the Seattle game showed me that was a great defense, in my opinion. That was a great defense. They have great players and everything. That showed me that I really can play in this league, that I really can be elite. I really can do a lot. And I, I was really feeling good. So once the first touchdown came, I was like, uh-oh. The second touchdown came, and I was like, okay, now I can, you know, now I'm feeling better. Now I can, I feel good. So every catch to me was like, it was, it was a, it was a great moment for me. And even Andy came to me after the game. He was like, I don't know where this guy came from. I don't know, you know, what you did in the offseason, but continue to do that. He was like, I've never seen you have that much fun. You know, for him to say that, that did something for me that that showed me that I had it in me all along. I just got to let it out. Stop thinking so much. I have a good time and just play football. I kind of lost like my first two years. I kind of lost the feeling and the fun of playing football because of everything that was going around, the injuries, et cetera. You know, just a lot of things going on in the building. I just felt like I let it get to me too much. A lot of stuff that didn't have to get to me, you know, so now me maturing and learning a little bit more about myself and learning how the business works and everything. You know, you learn to let stuff go. You learn to get in a different headspace and a different mindset, um, you know, basic based off of what you do every single day. So you, you mentioned the business and how it works. And you also mentioned Andy Dalton there, the Bengals <clears throat> moving on from Andy Dalton and they bring in Joe Burrow. They draft him with the number one pick. I know you hold Andy in high regard, but but let's focus on Burrow. What what have you seen from him? I, I think you worked out with him in California. Yes. How how talented is he, and, and what was that like working out with him before the the, the draft? 
Oh well, you know, I will say I, I love his demeanor. I, I said that I said that from the first time I I met him, uh, being around him. You know, you could tell he's a work hard kind of guy, ready to get things going, and he, he'll get after it. You know, um, first day was good, second day was better, third day was better. It, it just it it kept getting better. You know, um, the more the more the conversations got better, but he kept the same demeanor, the 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 same attitude, and you know I can tell how hungry he is and how much he wants it, you know. So it, it's it was awesome to see. It was also to get awesome to get some of that work in, and, and on top of that, like I said, he's super cool. So um, it was great. It, it was it was real great to be able to do that before the season um, started, and you know just to get a glimpse of how things are going to be, and you know just to talk some football with him and stuff like that. Have you talked to him at all since he was drafted? Uh, no, I actually haven't. Um, I tried to reach out, um, but you know, I know, I know people are busy all the time, you know, so I, I don't really bug and things like that. But I actually, you know what, I will say this. I have talked to him um, like a couple of days ago. We They came into our Zoom meeting, the quarterbacks, and um, we were just finishing up and we were talking about working out again. Um, he might be back out here for the summer, so, you know, we might get some more work in. Yeah, that would be good. I, I, I think about confidence, and I don't think that's something Joe's lacking. I haven't met him in person, but right. it just it doesn't seem like that, meeting with him virtually. Do, do you think that part – is going to impact you at all. I get it. He's a rookie, but he's to me a little more, I, I don't want to say uh, openly confident than Andy, but I, I do think he has a different demeanor than Andy has. So do you think that could have an impact on you at all? I agree a hundred percent. But I will say, I think it will have an impact on me. I, I personally think that confidence is contagious. I think that energy is contagious. I think positivity is contagious and I see a lot of that in him, you know, um, in his game, watching his games, um, just him, just, you know, on the field, wherever somebody catches a, a good ball or drops a ball or runs a nice route or if it's a bad ball from him, you know, just the energy that he gives you it, it, and he wants to get it right. He wants to make sure that everybody is right. Uh, the question he asked me, the questions he asked me and things like that, I could tell, you know, he's a he's he's like a. I wouldn't say a player's player because uh, you, you would say that about a coach, like a player's coach. But I think he's he's someone you can adapt to very easily. You know, at the, at, you know, if I may, I think he's um, very adaptable and, you know, he gets it. You know, so that's a good thing. You know, someone who knows how to talk to people and and, you know, direct traffic, because that's what you want your quarterback to do. You want your quarterback to direct traffic and, you know, make everything make sense. So that's exactly what he does. You know, and I can tell it, it, I can tell he's going to be someone that everybody turns to and and uh, likes immediately. Let's stick with the draft. 32 picks later after Burrow, the Bengals take T. Higgins out of Clemson. I get it. You have different styles, you know, you and, and T. But at the same time, is is that is that motivating in a contract year? Uh, there's uncertainty in the wide receiver room. A.J. Green franchise tagged. He's in a contract year as of now. You see that? Is it uh, Does that motivate you anymore, give you any extra uh, motivation, I guess, going into this year? You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm such in a competition with myself. They could have brought Antonio Brown. They could bring a young Jerry Rice back in here. And um, not no way of shaving for him. Am I saying I'm better than anybody? Um, but I know who I am, and I know where I stand, and I know what I can do. You know, so I believe in myself a hundred times more than I've ever did before. Um, you know, so I think I think T is a great a great addition. And you know, the plans that we have in place, I know we we utilize a lot of receivers, but. Um, it's just no different for me, in my opinion, I, you know, uh, for example, not like even when my option not being picked up, a lot of people are like, like, oh, well, they should have picked up your option. A lot of people saying, well, it's good that they didn't pick up your option. But I don't think people really understand without 
reading in the context that it really doesn't mean anything. You know, whether yeah. they pick it or not, I still have to perform this year and do the things that they want me to do for in order for them to keep me and for the option to be in play. They could have picked up the option. I could have went out there and got hurt or, or played uh, minimum snaps and got 500 yards, and they could have said, you know what, we're going to let you go. You know, so it really doesn't matter. You know, once you look at things and, and be real about things and understand how things work, it that's a lot of things that don't matter, you know. So that was kind of my mindset. So, you know, drafting whoever they wanted to draft was cool or whatever, how things were going. Um, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to that, just paying attention more to, you know, what I need to do to stay on the field, you know, uh, what I need to do to be successful and and look at the scripts and kind of do some of the things that I did last year, but even better. Do more, you know what I'm saying? Put put more stuff into my arsenal to, to where when I get out there, um, it, it's almost like like a walk in the park, you know, if that makes sense. I'm just trying to focus on myself. And like I said, I'm competing with myself and I'm competing with anyone else um, because I got to do my job first before I can, in, you know, even go out there and compete with anybody else. Because if I don't do my job right, then I won't be out there anyway, so. Speaking of your job in this offense, uh, obviously you did get unleashed a little bit last year with Zach Taylor uh, installing his offense. How much has changed this offseason uh, as they adapt to to Burrow coming in versus Andy and uh, having some new faces? Has the offense changed much? I don't think so. I don't think the offense has changed stuff. Um, of course, you know, every, like every year you add stuff. You add mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, there's new additions and things like that. And, of course, you get players to where you can – you can adjust the offense to where it fits those players best, you know, and I think uh, we did a great job of uh, even with drafting T, I think uh, he, he'll fit right in with this offense and things like that. So um, I don't think there's too much things new. I just think we polished up some stuff, um, you know, and we're all going to be put in place to succeed. Speaking of your place, where are you going to play? Is there a primary spot you think you're going to play? Is it going to be kind of moving all over? What's what's the plan as of now? I think I think the plan is to move all of us all over. I think, um, you know, this year, I think there was a big emphasis on everybody knowing every position. Um, that was the biggest thing. And not, you know, John, you focus as on slot or TB, you focus in the slot and AJ, you focus on X or Z. It was more of a, you know, you need to learn X, Y, F, and Z, you know. So just in case, because our offense is so – it's, it, I think our office is so dynamic. You can put guys in different spots and, and, you know, they can all succeed. So I think that's the biggest thing, moving guys around and getting guys in spots where we know you can succeed. John, what's one thing, and this is a, a little random, but what's one or two things you would tell a young wide receiver, a high school wide receiver that, that was asking you about the intricacies of the game that, that you've learned over the past three years in the NFL that, that you would – uh, the wisdom you would bestow upon them? Come in every single day ready to learn and work. Um, I think mentally the part of the game is is what we lack. Um, a lot of guys have the talent. It's obvious a lot of guys come, they leave college, you got the talent, you got the speed, you got the hands, the route running ability. But a lot of that doesn't matter in the league if you're not, if you don't understand what's going on, um, if you don't know how to, you know, work with the system that you're, you're put in place to work in. Um, I think every every single day you got to learn something new and learn from the vets and take it and run with it. I think that was one of the things I kind of I was I was so focused on trying to to learn from guys, but I really wasn't applying it to the game. I think I was just watching it and 
to me was like, well, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm built like this. He's built like that. You know, it was a lot of things, but I started to focus on the things that mattered, you know, and start working on the things that I could do and, and make and sharpening them to make sure that when it's time for me to use the stuff that I can do, it's going to be to the best of my ability. Like, you know, it's funny that you say that, uh, (laughs) I was playing the game with Richard Sherman yesterday and, um, and not that that's a big deal or anything. I mean, everybody knows we all play games and stuff like that. You know, we we talk all the time and and you know we just have conversations about just like where my head is and stuff like that. You know, not that we do it a lot, but that was just the conversation yesterday came up and we just talked. We you know we just talk ball. You know, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't happen a lot. But I was just I just think it's funny that we were talking ball yesterday and uh, me and him talked about you know um, our matchup last year and. Um, how I hit him with a release he'd never seen before and how he add he added he adds that to his game, you know. Um because because, you know, like I say, he, he wants to polish his game still after all these years, you know what I'm saying? And it was just it was great for me to hear that because it was a release that I never really did before. Um, but it's just it it wasn't so much of that I did that and it and it got him, but it was it was so much that I did it and it got him and he said that he's adding that to his game. So the next time he sees something like that, he'd be ready for it. So that just showed me as a young guy that I need to be taking every single thing that I learned and everything that I thought was tough and adding it to my game, watching it over and over again, whether it was a a good release or a bad release, I need to be basically utilizing everything that I have to defeat that. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, I've been learning so much stuff just on the fly and just random times and stuff like that, you know, um, but it's, it's crazy that, that, you know what I'm saying? That I, I, I was able to hear that from you. That's going to do it for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that sit down. I encourage you to go to allbengals.com. If you haven't already, check out all of my work there and, and certainly check out that feature on John Ross. I think he's certainly a guy who has the talent. I think we saw that against Seattle last year. Can he stay healthy? Will he be able to get his head right for 2020? I think Burrow's going to do wonders for him. And it, uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how he does this year in a different situation and really a, a different mindset. How many times did he use mindset in that in that conversation? So that's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for this podcast. For Jake Lesko. I'm James Rapine. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back Tuesday night with another pod right here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 